All right, all right. Tickets up. Tickets up. I got, uh, what is that again, lady? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Okay, I got, uh, two double kneecaps, uh, fried egg on two toaster, and one big nose, and, uh, and, and a colon cleansing. You got that? Colon cleansing, couple knees, and some Sunday fun day coming right up, boss. Hey, Tony, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Huh? You want what? I hey, said they want some movie news. I don't... Wait, make sure you get the movie news. Movie news? <clears throat> movie news coming right up, boss. I'll get it in the fryer right now. Okay, all right, okay. What else do you need, lady? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I need two double cats, um, one tit, uh, and some residue for that tit. And can I get, uh, what? Uh-huh. Uh, 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 I, uh, I need uh, one testicle sliced open. And, uh, make that medium rare. Testicles sliced and medium rare, they're sure? You see, are you sure? Uh, yeah, no, she's sure. She's sure. She wants it bleeding. That's right. a little bit. Okay, God. One testy butterfly coming right up. Okay, that will be, uh, to carry the one, carry the, uh, yeah, that would be $45,000. You like that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we don't take money out of it. You know? <laughs> just cancel the order. Hey, uh, Tony! Go to your stuff! Cancel the order. Like, uh... Like I've got these kneecaps, this tit, yeah. this butterfly testicle. I've got the cat, the, the no, two no, no, cats. No, 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 no. We're Shia in it. It's canceled. Okay? Ah, oh, Christ. Yeah. All right. Not again. Yeah. <laughs> We've got another episode on the... Eh, ready to go. Ready to go in the chamber. I cannot wait to give you this this movie news. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, if, if this is your first time listening. This is Too Many Flicks. I'm Ben. I'm Ian. And I'm going to give you a rundown of the show. We do... First, uh, first we do a little segment called Trailer vs. Trailer. We pit two trailers or more that we find enjoyable throughout the two weeks that we have to pre-produce this thing. And we pit them against each other. What trailer comes out alive and walking... Well, you got to tune in to find the fuck out. Uh, also, after that, we got Flix News. News coming hot and ready. Any news that we find interesting. Again, you notice this pattern here? We find interesting. And it doesn't have to always be the top news. I don't want to be bored. And we're not going to be bored here. It's going to be good. Hey, listen. Just, yeah. You want to talk about different news? Yeah, uh-huh. Start your own podcast. Start your own podcast. Just do it. I mean, just do it really, though. Like, be creative. We got all the time it's in the world. It's our world. We, it, it, it's like the PlayStation, you know? Like, yep. live in our world. It's our rules, right? Yeah. That was the PlayStation slogan. Exactly. That was funny for, like, 12 people. <laughs> you know, with the frizz. No way. Uh, and then it makes zero sense. And then after that, we're going to give you a hot take. That's right. Uh, it's going to be hot. It's going to be sizzling. It's going to might be something that you don't even agree with. You're like, that's that's wild. That No way is that real or you guys think that. And we'll argue about it. Or we might all agree. I don't know. It's going to be hot, though. It's going to be too hot to handle. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You will get third-degree burns. Um, you Quite should, possibly, yeah. Yeah, you should I definitely get have some burn. gauze on yeah. hand. I don't know what to tell you. This is the risk you. you take. Your skin may actually fry off the bone. It's, it's gross, but that's just the risk you take. Like, 
my friend Ian here said. Also, uh, we will do a fun game segment. It could be trivia. It could be uh, anything from tagline, anything like that, anything we feel like we want to do because, again, it's our podcast. And then after that, we wrap up the show. All right, guys. Love you so much. Can't wait to get into the show. Ian, are you ready? Woo! Let's start the show. Trailer versus trailer. All right. All right. The combatants are ready. They're ready to duke it out to the death. (laughs) Only one can walk out alive. And with a pension. I don't know why a pension, but that's just the way it is. In the octagon, or no, the hexagon. The dodecahedron. The dodecahedron. It just keeps getting bigger yeah, and more sided. Let's strap up and let's get ready to fucking go in trailer versus trailer. Oh, we got up first. Oh, I guess it's on me. All right, ladies and gentlemen. And they, them pronouns, everyone there. Because we are inclusive in this crowd, as we are about to witness this fight! In the armpit corner, weighing an astounding weight that I will not mention because weight is not important, is the trailer Knight of the Kings. That's right. Um, There is a French pronunciation for it. I will not butcher it. Um, Just know La Nuit de Rouille. And I Ian, think. that is why we are a team. I probably <laughs> definitely fucked up the last one, but I do know what the night is in French. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it comes out February the 26th, so soon. Be on the lookout. It's directed by Philippe Lacote, um, and it's starring, I want to preface this, y'all. These are some hard Ivory Coast names. I will try my best. It is still not an excuse. I will definitely try my best to pronounce it how they want it to be pronounced. But bear you with got me. this. You're beautiful. Thank you. All right. Starring Bakari Kone, Steve Tianchu, Jean Sorel Digbu, and Isaka Sawadogo. I believe I pronounced. I probably butchered a lot of them. I apologize. But they are phenomenal actors in this trailer. They all seem very good. Please, if anyone knows any of, uh, I believe what says Ivory Coast, I mean, even some of this is like French too. If you want to correct me, please, please, please do. You can, you know where to follow us. We'll give you the tag over and over again. Just comment, let me know, and we'll, uh, maybe next, maybe next uh, recording, I'll go ahead and I'll uh, pronounce them correctly. All right. Because um, they are do that. They, they, they worked hard. Um, and our American asses need to do better about that. Indeed. All right. A young man is sent to La Maca, I believe. Three, Mm -hmm. two, one. A young man is sent to Lamaca, a prison of the Ivory Coast, in the middle of the forest ruled by its prisoners. With the red moon rising, he is destined by... No, he is designated... With the red moon rising, he is designated by the boss to be the new Roman and must tell a story to the other prisoners. Wow, Hmm. that's a... That's a that's a, that's a that's a great deal of things. Ian, why don't you introduce the other trailer and then we'll start talking. Sure thing. Over in the kneecap corner, ladies and gentlemen, weighing in at an indiscriminate amount of pounds because well, it's digital zeros and ones. <laughs> we have Godzilla versus Kong. 
Yep, that's uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, and it's coming out March 31st. It is directed by Adam Wingard, and it is starring Millie Bobby Brown, Brian Tyree Henry, Alexander Skarsgård, Rebecca Hall, Shun Oguri, and Aza Gonzalez, just to name a few. So the MonsterVerse is a thing now. And uh, these big beefy boys are mad at each other for reasons, I am sure. (laughs) Uh, You know, maybe if they both went to therapy, they would realize that this mindless violence, it's really inconsequential in the end. Uh, I mean, what will they solve through all this punching, biting, and radioactive burping? Absolutely heckin' nothing, I'm sure. And uh, that's straight from the mouth of the IMDb interns. That's like... Yeah, yeah. They, word they, for word, what it says on the website. They went ham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, word for word. Absolutely. I, I'm surprised you caught that before they can uh, edit it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it's just a slip up, real yeah. quick. And I just got in there on the right time, refreshed the page just at the right moment. Well, uh, uh, interns. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I have, really have to come into work right now. Uh, it's a fucking pandemic. Uh, (laughs) i can't believe i have to i can't type this from home i had to come to the imdb office oh great thanks uh all right well the combatants are set again they had to reset (laughs) and uh let's uh let's start talking about night of the kings ian i'm gonna kick it off to you what did you think about this trailer my friend oh man um i am going to be biased because uh it looks so reminiscent of uh it's just it's just a gorgeous fucking film that like is combining a lot of different story elements uh that i am a huge fan of um i really love stories about storytelling uh sometimes they can be a little self-serving or or dangerous but or, or not dangerous dangerous is the wrong word or masturbatory um a la when Hollywood goes to make a movie about itself, like, you know, there's always a pretty big risk that you're going to tiptoe into that sort of genre. This looks much different. Uh, it's like there are some thematics of, like, the cost of telling a story, you know? Mm. Uh, especially because there's, like, this implied threat that happens to our our... Uh, protagonist uh, once he concludes said story you know Uh, and there's a a lot of talk of like you know like a red moon and what does that symbolize like you know like a lot of times like it's sort of bloodshed or something and there's there's an element of uh the life that one gives a story is like a personal sacrifice in and of itself Mm, yeah yeah definitely get that and it's just Mm. fucking gorgeously astounding like you have these really grounded mm-hmm. sort of scenes and settings in like a, a confined sort of prison space and it seems very claustrophobic but then uh, towards the end is like uh, our protagonist because i don't even know his name i think they call him roman in the trailer but if memory serves it's like a name that they ascribe him uh, mm-hmm. Roman, our protagonist, as his story his story grows over the course of the trailer. Like it starts really simple with like you know like someone walking on the beach to uh, an elder, and then it by the end it's this sort of a uh, sweeping scope of what looks like a small army amassed. Like it's yeah, my god, dude, I, I get chills just you, you describing it. It's, it's doing so much, it's and it's so power. Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. Uh, I to add on to that, man. Um, here, this movies like this, even trails like this, can can sometimes tiptoe into the, the territory of being pretentious. Um, right. Sure. I think so. I think you were kind of hitting on some of that. Um, those elements. This is not that. I actually think it looks pretty cool. Um, actually, most of these things do. Foreign films. I, I love foreign films, especially if it's taking place in the continent of Africa. They're always pretty fucking phenomenal and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this one took me by surprise. Um, I love the fantasy elements in this because not all fantasy stories come from Europe. White people Absolutely. do not own all fantasy stories. Um, which, th- to be fair, this could be a fantasy. I, th- I think, I, I, I would like to think that this is probably a solid fantasy with maybe some grounded elements as well. Um, so it, it reminds me a lot of mm-hmm. uh, The Fall, for mm-hmm. people who are familiar with it. Um, and the premise of The Fall is that uh, there is, uh, so, like, this injured man wants this young girl to go get him pain meds so that he can commit suicide. So he tells him he tells her this uh, fantastical uh, fantasy story, you know, and it's a film that cuts back and forth between, you know, the uh, stodgy sort of uh, to recycle a word claustrophobic quarters of the hospital that they're both in. Uh, and then it cuts to like, you know, like these sweeping like canyons or 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 like this island setting surrounded by crystal blue waters you know like this sort of juxtaposition between uh the gritty nature of uh the real world and this beautiful world that they're creating yeah absolutely now didn't it take them a very long time to make this too the fall uh the fall if memory serves was a film made in something like uh, at least half a dozen countries over the course of several years. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I get that vibe from this as well. Yeah. This is definitely in the same vein. Go, go watch the fall if you have the the uh, opportunity to. It's 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 pretty solid. Um, you got a couple weeks until this comes out, and then once you've right. watched the fall, you can watch this Night you of can Kings. Watch this. Night of the Kings. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, yeah, I love the colors too. Um, mm. a lot of great colors. A lot of great fucking costumes. Just like ah, and so many beautiful shots. Guys, this is a really well-constructed trailer. Um, just do yourself a favor and watch it. Um, it. Yes, it will have subtitles, and I know that's not for everyone. Um, and, you know, I'm not to judge. You know, some people just don't like them. Some people much prefer um, purely, purely, purely just, like, visual and being able to put, you know, your language in. I get that. It is, I think, good sometimes, though, to expand upon just, you know, American or English-speaking things because sometimes you get a different aspect and culture that you may have not thought about um and yeah subtitles can sometimes be tedious but here's the thing once you start learning it it's like you know uh you start uh, your brain starts to adapt to these things and be able to look uh at subtitles and you know the action that's going on uh if you watch anime you understand what i'm talking about <laughs> but uh with that being said don't let that deter you this trailer looks pretty good um and I- i'm willing to bet that the movie probably is just as fucking good i it's pretty. I'm pretty sure that it uh, was it in uh, at TIFF too. That it got pretty got pretty decent reviews already. I think it's been to a few festivals. Um, Let me go ahead and take a look at. It. And its early reviews, if memory serves, are pretty darn exemplary. Yeah. Yeah. So you in for it? I bet you're gonna be punched in the gut though with emotion too, because a movie like this, they don't come half ass. It's gonna be done by whole ass. Emotion, cinematography, writing, 
um, and everything else in between. So this is a very good trailer. It's going to be hard to beat it. Um, but let's go to our next contestant. I'll start us off with the, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, if you don't mind, my good Nizia. Uh, yeah, get on in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so <clears throat> it's kind of going to be really hard to top that uh, intern's description of this movie. Um, <laughs> he, he really summed it up. Uh, <laughs> and my thoughts. Uh, look, y'all, we got King Kong. We, we got Godzilla. Let, let them fight. And this is what this is. I, there really isn't a story. It's just what, what I can get from it is some reason Godzilla's pissed off. Some probably uh, somebody's controlling Godzilla because why not? Um, and Kong is there just by coincidence. And he's like, hey, nigga, I just got here, dog. So I don't understand why you're trying to fade me right now. <laughs> I don't even know you like that. And Godzilla's like, I don't give a fuck, nigga. This is my turf. So they just beefing. Um, it's kind of like the Crips and the Bloods. Why y'all beefing? You don't even know at this point. Zero clue. Um, so let's talk about the trailer itself. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks pretty. Uh, look, it, nothing's going to beat that trailer for, uh, what, Kong King of the... Uh, not Kong King, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. That trailer was a work of pure art, even if the movie was just, meh. Um, this trailer just gave you what you want. It's going to be two big fucking behemoths um, fighting each other. But let's talk about science for a second. Ian, if you allow me, if you'll indulge yeah, me. Yeah, hop into this science. Um, they're all doomed uh, because Godzilla has radiation breath, right? That's... That's radiation coming from his mouth. And no one ever addresses this. Um, New York is fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, especially yeah. 90, uh, 1996 New York. Like, when he, when he fucking... Yeah, no one ever does really address, like... Yeah. This is a beam of pure radiation that, like, <laughs> fucking cuts through everything. Like, yeah. in the trailer, we see it cut through a fucking battleship. Oh, yeah. Um, anyone near that uh, blast site, one is definitely going to be sick. Yeah, you you have radiant sickness. You are dead. Your cells are you're, currently you're dead on a fast track to degradation and just complete liquidation. And he and he, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if his whole body radiates radiation. Um, That's and fair. That, and that fucking the the fucking the water that he's in um new york is fuck that's the real story here not about these two monsters fighting yeah that's gonna be some collateral damage hundreds of thousands of people will die but let's talk about the long long-term effects right here this is uh we're talking about chernobyl levels of just yeah more than chernobyl levels of destruction and uh i wouldn't go to new york not just because of the monsters that's fine you can you can drive around them and get in, you know underneath a, a bunker you can't you can't escape radiation baby it should be it should be godzilla versus kong versus radiation <laughs> Who wins? Well, and and while we're talking, if we're gonna talk about science, because <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a I'm willing to let a lot of things slide in yeah, films, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I something I don't understand <laughs> is in this trailer in particular. Right. Uh, they bring Kong to fight Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know how deep the water is, mm-hmm. but why would you bring? A land-based animal <laughs> to the middle of the fucking ocean <laughs> to fight an amphibious one. Yeah, he, he's already off to like, like the and I yeah. get that it looks fucking cool. We have the giant fucking ape punch the giant lizard off of a cruiser, right? It looks mm-hmm. rad, but when you think about it, 
That's Kong. Kong literally is fucking boxing on a plank of wood. He's boxing on a two by four. Yeah. And that is the position that he, the humans have not set themselves yeah. or Kong up for success. Kong is rolling at a disadvantage for sure. Kong is rolling at a disadvantage. All attack <laughs> rolls are made at disadvantage. All ability <laughs> checks are made at disadvantage. Because you brought him to the most inopportune <laughs> place to pick a fight with the giant <laughs> nuclear yeah. lizard. Like, that's the yeah. worst spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, okay, I feel you, Kong. Um, I feel you. I, I understand. We, we rolled for initiative. You want to do what now? Oh, you want to fight? You want to fight Godzilla in the water? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool, fam. You definitely got to roll um, attack roll at disadvantage. <laughs> Don't look at uh, me like you stupid. Like you. you know. The giant <laughs> lizard is under the water, and you cannot see him. Right. Go. <laughs> All right. It's a bold move. It's a bold strategy, Kong. <laughs> I mean... Okay, but like seriously, who you got? Who 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 wins this? Who wins this? Um, like say, because we know they're probably gonna work together. Like that, no one's gonna win. Like it's gonna be a draw. That's the thing. It's too. It, this is such a disingenuous trailer because I don't believe for a second that they're gonna fight each other until the end. That would be fucking awesome though if like Kong just ripped his head off. <laughs> it would be if if and they actually roll. are so daring. Has to be like, hey, we've got this monster verse. Like they said, first of all, they say monster verse like it's a thing. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they only have like two giant monsters right now, right? I mean, they had Mothra and the other one, uh, what, the last movie? Yeah, but that's Godzilla still. So see, like it, to yeah. keep this franchise slash quote unquote monster verse rolling, Kong has to lose then because all the, all the, like Kong had. No villains, really, right? Except for humanity and Not their really. hubris. And, that and was like the that was the villain of the original King Kong his film. His kryptonite was white women, so I don't. His kryptonite was white women. It... <laughs> See, that's it. That's the he wins. That's no, it. that's all Godzilla needs. That's it. If Godzilla can find a white woman, done. Done. I mean, no it debate. looks like this time. It looks like this time Kong's kryptonite is a small indigenous child. So that that's kind of nice, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's grown past it. He's right, woke. he's no, Kong he's is woke now. Kong is woke, and he realizes children are the future, and that oh. he can't just like. Can he wear a dashiki hat <laughs> and can take off? Just my brother, my brother, my brother, my brother. <laughs> I we don't know be if fighting each other. I don't we know if Adam be. Wingard, the uh, the <laughs> whitest sounding director name that I've ever heard, uh. uh can be personally responsible for the decision. <laughs> you see, these these white folks, these humans, have got us fighting each other. But we need to be fighting together, my brother. I'm done. That would be genuinely though. That would be a lovely turn of phrase. If like at the end of this, like Kong and Godzilla were like, "Yo." Did you just hear they dumped like 200 million gallons of oil into the Gulf of Mexico? <laughs> I'm sorry. These little what? fucking ants did what? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. irreparably damaged the ecosystem. Like, I think yeah. they're killing the planet, dog. Like, what? Yeah, what? Let's wipe them out. Like, that's what I'm saying. If like the end of this movie is like Kong and Godzilla fucking like you know like bro hugging and then just turning and looking at like the humans on the aircraft carrier like 
all right, I'm here for that, you know? Yeah. like. But before they even fight, though, I want Kong to look at Godzilla and like, fam, we already won. You, you got radiation breath. As a matter of fact, I die slower, but, like, you cut my life in half. <laughs> Easy peasy, yeah. I. <laughs> it's really hard to have enough food to sustain this body anyway, you know? Like, I didn't have long in the first place. My systems are all in overdrive, but... You throw fucking high levels of radiation into the mix, like yeah, yeah, yeah. They're done. We just we can chill. Why are we even fighting? <laughs> just, just. <laughs> this is. I'm actually curious, real quick. I'm gonna see if anyone else has postulated just how radioactive Godzilla's breath is. Right. <laughs> this is dare. I like love how we spend so much time on this. Oh my god, is I am. This brings me full like. Okay, Quora. Joy. How yeah. much energy is in? Godzilla's atomic breath. Holy fuck. All right, this is like a whole dissertation. Give me one second. Okay, so this is interesting. Anthony Perez, a true Godzilla fan, according to their subheader, is here to help. Oh, good. Uh, Godzilla's atomic breath is basically nuclear radiation spewed at an enemy in three different types of ways over the years. Standard blue atomic breath. More devastating red breath, which can obliterate opponents. In Shin Godzilla, the latest version of purple atomic breath, which slices through anything. That doesn't tell me how radioactive it is, Anthony. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna put a, I'm gonna put a tweet up um, on my personal profile, and maybe I can get some answers. Maybe Twitter can help us out. This is important. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do that afterwards because I, I need, I need answers. How has no one talked about this? Why? Oh, oh, oh! This looks like okay. A this is interesting. Video. This is interesting. We call it radioactive breath. Now, I don't know if Ed Lee, subheader DC fan, especially Supergirl and Green Lantern, uh, is an aficionado or where they're getting their information from, but they do make a case that Godzilla's breath has varied in form from a blast of super hot vapor to a beam of incredible explosive power. The common thread being it always damages kaiju when conventional weaponry cannot. It is unknown if this is because the beam is hotter, more radioactive, or simply more concussive than what humanity can bring to the table. Mm. I don't know if you're right, Ed. It's called radio. It's called atomic breath. It's atomic breath. It's called he, atomic breath, Ed. And there's no way it can be. He's a fucking monster who doesn't really. I mean, he's smart, but I mean, he's still a fucking. You know what I mean? Like, um, he is not necessarily going to control the radiation that radi radiates off of his blast. It is impossible. That pure beam of radiation is killing people every time he fires it. Okay. That's the real. I'm just saying that's a movie. That's a movie. I don't understand why we. Mm -hmm. why, that, that's. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm gonna keep it at that. We. So this is interesting. Mm -hmm. Austin Lewis. I debated people over two, 2016's durability in two in 1990. I don't know what that means. Austin, change your subheader. That's not a good subheader. Austin Lewis says. First of all, we know that there are different versions of Godzilla. Godzilla versus King Kong was a pretty straightforward beam, but had little thermal or concussive force, which is what we will be focusing on because other measurements, such as radiation, might not have as much effect or right... Jesus Christ. Godzilla 2014. This is what we're all here for, folks. Mm -hmm. Weighing in at 164,000 tons, his radioactive beam... Seeing the way it pushes the other monsters around, I can guess that this beam would put out approximately 55 kilotons of concussive force, 
which, well, when you think about it, is pretty consistent in many incarnations. Yeah, from the Hesse series, getting into more... We don't need to go that deep, Austin. Mm. Come on, give it to me. Given the monster's tough skin, we can only guess from the scene where he blows uh, into... Blows, I guess, the breath beam into his mouth. This is poorly worded. Uh, and separates the neck, which takes approximately three seconds. It, uh, You're not showing any of your work. You're just guessing. Uh, Austin guesses that it's close to 2,000 degrees south Celsius. Mm. Uh, that is actually only a tenth of a plasma cutter. Interesting. That was nothing. The Quora, no Quora has failed me. No one has gone into this. I don't understand. I feel like this is a clear and pressing issue within the lore. And no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to talk about it. No one wants... This is Godzilla Gate, all right? We're starting that conspiracy theory. Godzilla Gate. What really is Godzilla? What is he doing? Is he killing the people of New York and our Tokyo, depending on the fucking lore? Tune in next time. We're, we're going to get to the bottom of this, all right? Okay? I'm, I am still doing work. Yeah. Is Godzilla, despite sometimes being helpful to humans, a threat to society? Purely because he has radiation breath. How does this radiation fallout happen? All right, so Barry Rock, who's been mm -hmm. collecting for over 42 years, collecting what? I don't know. Um, Barry Rock fucking brings the heat here. Someone said, can King Kong survive Godzilla's atomic breath? And Barry's like, not even the tiniest bit. Kong wouldn't even survive being in the same general location as Godzilla for more than there a few go. seconds at most. I don't think most people realize just how deadly the radiation coming from Godzilla truly is. And that's without his breath. The Barry is on our wave level, Ben. Uh, exactly. Exactly. He's a walking, talking, fucking bomb. Literally, if you're he close enough talk. to quotation marks, see Godzilla use his atomic breath, you are likely dead from radiation exposure. Yeah, your eyes have boiled in your head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, these are the questions that need to be answered, um, and I'm glad we're answering them. Um, I will have uh, more on this information after I tweet um, about it. Um, sometimes I'll get 100 likes and comments. Sometimes I'll get five. So we'll see how this works. Uh, that's the nature of Twitter. Sometimes people can look at that and be like, nigga, what? <laughs> it's just like, are you, what? Are you okay? No, I'm not, I'm not clicking like on this. Um, anyway, back on trailer versus trailer. Um, what trailer wins, dude? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we rarely even talked about Godzilla. You don't need, you just, just watch it. Fucking, I don't know. Uh, it's honestly, I'm gonna fucking probably love the shit out of this movie, to be completely fair. It's just monsters going at it. I mean, that's a blockbuster flick. Come on. I don't, don't think too hard about it. All right, Ian, what you, what you think, man? Uh, I mean, it, uh, it's gonna be, you know, Night of the Kings. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just because it looks way better. I mean, Godzilla vs. Kong raises a lot of questions. None of them are about the story. Night of Kings <laughs> raises all the questions, and yeah. they're all about the story. So that that's sort of my, that's where I'm coming from right, with right, this. Right. Yeah, will I probably have more fun with Godzilla vs. Kong? For sure. It's a mindless fucking action flick. Mm. Will I think more, will I be more insightful and more engaged and enlightening in Night of the Kings? Uh, yeah, I can just tell you that right now. It's a better trailer, too. Um, yeah. Now, if you talked about Kong versus, or, uh, God damn it, Godzilla, King of Monsters, for that first trailer, we might have a little debate here, because that trailer, I still say, is one of the best trailers I've ever seen, action trailers I've ever seen. Regardless um, of how the end product came out, they really yes. did a very good job of mm -hmm. 
uh, marketing that one. Yeah, they did. Um, still doesn't answer the question of the radiation thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for me. It's the radiation for me. Uh, <laughs> period. Uh, anything else we can cover, Ian? <laughs> uh, that's about it. I mean, your friends, we took a little holiday and a, a little mental health week, so there is a ton of stuff we didn't get to cover. If you found something that you think we should have covered, or if you just disagree with uh, our, our assessment and you thought that Godzilla versus Kong was the no-brain victor over Night of the Kings, you'd be wrong, but you could tell us on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for Too Many Flicks with a number two at the beginning and an X at the end. Look forward to hearing you. Baby. From you. Hearing you, or from you, or... Um, as long as you're not in the radiation... Uh, blast zone. Uh, Look, Godzilla. if you see Godzilla coming, I don't know, figure out what to do with the last eight minutes of your life, because <laughs> might as well make the best yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, might as well. Alright. <laughs> in the studio with no central AC, Flix News. Alright, y'all. Thanks for joining us in Flix News. Um, we're going to start off with some sad news here. Just going to knock these out of the way. Um, these are these these hurt. These are some great losses, but they each lived a very long and fruitful life. And um, you know, you, you once you get nine to ninety, man, you you done it. Um, still very sad and still um, great losses. Um, first off, especially here in this uh, this Black History Month, we got Cicely Tyson, um, acting and fashion icon. You know, she passed away. Um, she passed away actually in January uh, the twenty eighth. But since we've been off a couple of weeks, we haven't been able to address it. She was 96, four years away from being uh, 100, and she just kept going. She was still doing work. She was on, like, How to Get Away with Murder. She did The Help. Um, uh, she did a few Tyler Perry films. I know that for sure. Um, Cowboys in Africa in 1967. Um, Mission Impossible in 1970. Like, mm. she's been around, and she's been a pillar um, of Hollywood um, and just the industry, period. Um, and she will be greatly missed, especially in our community. It's like almost, it's like when a grandma or an auntie passes away, just like, ah, uh, it was so hard. I couldn't even really post about her the first, um, couple of days she passed away. Cause it was like, uh, it was just a shock, but also, you know, she is 94 or 96 pardon. And, um, again, um, if there's any way it doesn't to go, make it easy, doesn't make it easy know? at all, at all. There's any way to, way to go. Dying of old age is always probably the best and, and, and being able to experience, experience what she experienced. Um, us being able to live through it. She lived through several presidents. <laughs> um, she would greatly be missed, and, and her talent would greatly be missed, too. Um, uh, any, anything you'd like to say of Cicely uh, Tyson, Ian? I think you've said it all wonderfully. Uh, I wish that I had known more of her work before all of this, uh, and that's a large uh, failing on my part. Um, and as poorly as the help has aged, uh, I do remember her in that, and she was very, very uh, just graceful and easy to watch. Mm -hmm. um, and so I look forward to familiarizing myself with her work more uh, posthumously. And she truly is just looking at her page like one of the most accomplished people in the field. So it's it's a huge loss, um, but she's inspired so many others. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and of course, here at Too Many Clicks, we uh, thought so with the family and um, and, and friends, mm -hmm. things of that nature. All right, uh, Ian, uh, what is next um, on the docket? Uh, it doesn't get a whole lot easier because we do come to the second loss uh, 
of the episode, uh, Christopher Plummer, a uh, fellow icon of stage and screen, uh, passed away February 5th at the age of 91. So another life well lived, uh, another artist and light who has departed. Um, at the very least, I'm sure, uh, by all accounts, a very warm person. I am sure that uh, Plummer is very pleased that one of his lasting legacies will be uh, the gif of him tearing the Nazi flag in The Sound of Music. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> one of the best ones. Uh, yeah, man, that and uh, he was in um, Knives Out. Beautiful performance in Knives Out. Beautiful performance in everything. By all accounts, uh, uh, there was a statement from uh, his manager that said, like, he was just a consummate chill guy that used self-deprecating humor and took pride in his Canadian roots. By all accounts, it, yeah, it's... Two good people. Nothing is forever, you know? So yeah, Lost two good legends. And uh, mm-hmm. both, by all accounts, too, were just really chill people. <laughs> just like, mm-hmm. that's hard to do, build a, a career for so long and have nothing but good things that people say about you. Absolutely, so, yeah, yeah they both... They both are a credit to the profession. Yep, we should all aspire if we're in the profession. Or if we're not, just aspire to be like them. Um, just be a good person, be a good yeah. Person. Um, all right, uh, again, we'll lend our thoughts and to the friends and family of Mr. Plummer. Um, that 91, wow, long life, but still hard. Mm-hmm. All right, now we'll go on to the next topic. Man, this is a bleak. <laughs> we chose a bunch of. We chose yeah. the sad. It's 2021 front loaded the sad stuff, hopefully. Yeah. So here we go. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, we've got like one good <laughs> bit of news. Maybe like two, oh, one, and one and a half. One and a half. One and a half. One and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, Charisma Carpenter, best known for playing Cordelia Chase on Buffy's. On Buffy and Angel, pardon. Um, that's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, in case you were guys like, what? The series, not the movie. Um, published, published a statement detailing Josh Whedon's abuse of power on set. That's Zach Scharf at IndieWire, who is also a name that we hear a lot. Thank you, Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just appears to be piling up on Josh Whedon um, from Ray Fisher's account. Um onward and now we get this um this is a tough one because i like Joss's work but he has a very specific sort of cultivated tone that lends itself well to like that nerdy sort of material you know absolutely it's very very good dialogue um too but this uh kind of stuff is inexcusable um Mm -hmm. and joss my dude, what the fuck, man? It just goes to show you like there's a problem in Hollywood. Period. Um, I, I, I'm I'm glad this is happening. Uh, definitely when it comes to di- dynamics, power dynamics. Um, just throwing your weight around. There's no reason, no reason. I want to let any young actors and our producers and directors, anyone in our field or anywhere else, to be honest. But I'm specifically talking to our people. There's no reason for you to be a dick at all. Mm-hmm. That is not how things get done. No matter how much money you have. Or how much pull you have, you make everyone else's life that much more harder in an already fucking chaotic uh, field. Yeah, we're working on set for hours, my guy. Well, and I think that that's something that people, right? Uh, people who aren't performing, and this this is not a shouldn't be such a general statement, but I think a lot of people underestimate just how vulnerable and personal it is for actors Mm -hmm. on set Mm -hmm. we come 
to set with the with the intention of being completely open and available to being affected that's that's our job is yep. to let anything and everything in distill it and then like channel that into a performance you know absolutely and so when you have these toxic sort of behaviors on set uh, behaviors that include ongoing passive aggressive threats to fire charisma callously calling her fat when she was four months pregnant clocking it at, at only 126 pounds it, it, wow yeah that that sort of stuff and i'm so glad that we are moving away from this as a, a culture you know mm. uh, it does just stink to high heaven of like early 2000s like this is funny kind of like callous and like uh like da 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 like and i'm glad that we're moving away from that because especially for people on set like you need it you need and i know that there are people who deride this sort of statement and to those people i ask you to uh, examine why that is but you need your sets to be a safe space absolutely you just do absolutely some tough fucking work we're doing for long periods mm-hmm. of time with seeing the same motherfuckers and it's not just memorizing lines and nope. repeating them uh, uh, there are actors who certainly do do that, and they very well may not be phased by toxic work environments. But the fact of the matter is, is that as a, as a general profession and craft, a lot of the techniques that uh, performers employ require them to be incredibly vulnerable. Yep. And humans are just vulnerable creatures in general, no matter how like the layperson might want to say like they are unaffected by X, Y, or Z. We all know that that's a facade because as soon as like you start to levy words of power against that person, they get upset about it. Side eyeing all of the fucking traitorous insurrectionists mm. that stormed the Capitol, you know, yep. like bloop bloop bloop, <laughs> who for like four years prior were like words are just words, like get over it. Mm. And then as soon as like everyone's like, great, you're traitors and you deserve to be labeled as terrorists, they're like. Oh, your hateful words. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. And that's what, that's the point of like Joss, maybe like these are all fun and games, blah, 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 blah. But watch how offended he gets as soon as people start to label him words like abuser or toxic. Like, mm-hmm. if those words are going to upset you when they're ascribed to you, then maybe words have power, you know? And so maybe your behavior on set, especially as a leader, you know, you're the director. And this is great because this this is actually going to be offset by uh, one of our next points, which I might bump up uh, in front of the that's other, if absolute, you don't mind. That's absolutely fine. I, I do want to say one other thing real quick. Please. Um, this is um, this is also important. And this is the work that uh, white people need to do. Um, mm-hmm. And you are welcome for me giving you this info. Because <laughs> I don't have to. Um, so Ray Fisher, uh, months ago, maybe almost a year ago, because I keep forgetting how 2020 was just a wipe. <laughs> Just like, oh yeah, that was like a year ago. Holy shit. Okay. Um, came out about Joss Whedon. Um, got a lot of some press. Um, but a lot of even in like the media and the way they presented it on um uh in articles about oh it's in doubt. He allegedly blah 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like just kind of this weird passive like Ray Fisher's probably full of shit. Why are you doing this now? Because he's a black man. Um, we have a white woman coming forward, and I can bet now this is not to belittle her Trump. Her Trump is real. And she did not have to say it when she said it. Um, it would have been helpful, but in hindsight, trauma works in mysterious ways. So no one's blaming um, uh, charisma at all. But I will just say this. 
you will definitely see a difference in how this is treated than how a raise was treated. That's a problem. That's a problem. Um, hmm. And we, we, we need to do better. Um, but uh, with that, Ian, uh, you were going to segue into uh, the next point. Yes. So I, as the leader and director of a film, you are responsible for cultivating the atmospheres uh, of your sets. And that includes making sure that everybody feels comfortable and safe to uh, be collaborative with you, which is why the next part of our Flix news is like bittersweet, but in the end, pretty sweet. And that is um, Olivia Wilde has fired Shia LaBeouf from her second directorial venture, uh, Don't Worry Darling, stating that assholes will not be tolerated on her set. Uh, this comes in the wake of uh, some alleged bad behavior on LaBeouf's part, including like irritability and being late to set. Uh, as well as uh, being in the wake uh, of several very serious allegations from his ex-partner, F.K. Twiggs. Um, yes, he abused her, and it is terrible. And I want to also say some trigger warnings here about abuse and everything like that and assault. So just give, give you fair warning. Um, I, I didn't want to jump too heavily into that right. for those reasons, but we can totally, like, that, that is, there are... We don't have to, absolutely, that's a lot to unpack. I just wanted to mention it, that's... What you were already doing, but I just wanted to reiterate. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so feel free to examine that on your own times. That is uh, the bitter part because Shia did seem like a very down-to-earth person that I would want to have a beer with if I ever worked on a movie with him. And uh, apparently there's still a lot to work through there because um, he sounds not in a good place. Um, but he was fired uh, because Olivia Wilde says that she does want to craft that sort of atmosphere on her set. She recognizes the importance of everyone feeling safe and comfortable. And she uh, says at length in her interview, when interviewed about this uh, by multiple outlets, uh, she says so much as like, someone gave her the worst piece of advice that has been the biggest help because she does the opposite of it. Uh, and it was uh, the advice, and I'm going to paraphrase here because I don't remember it specifically, but the advice was so much as, hey, in this business, if you're going to be a director, you have to have at least three fights a day and you need to establish dominance or blah, blah, blah. It was something very much like, you know, like, be the alpha predator in the room. And that sounds like, um, God, hold on. I I bet I, can, I bet she probably didn't uh, disclose the information. Um, but I, she didn't say who gave her the advice. She I, just said that I, I received a piece of terrible advice that has been helpful because I've done the opposite of it. Uh, and I bet it was. I, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't think I get defamation. I bet it was Oliver Stone. I just have a feeling. But continue, continue. It's, Oliver it, Stone. Uh, any given Sunday, he's just he's ran his sets. He's run his sets pretty chaotic and uh, he loves the chaos um sure sure from, uh, the stories you hear about him in his set for any given sunday specifically um but yeah it could be wrong i it could be wrong i don't want to just but it's just the thought popped into my head anyway sorry continue the point no you're all good um sh but wild said you know that's the opposite of my process i want none of that uh she actually believes in breaking down the barriers between the crew and the actors because she also hates how sort of stodgy that can be. Um, oh, you yes, know? absolutely. Oh. Which is great because apparently that's sort of like uh, on top of uh, 
the uh, allegations and and proof provided by FKA Twigs, um, there were people who were, uh, let's say, not as well established as LaBeouf, who who were able and felt comfortable to go to Wild with these problems, and that is why this all happened. You know, um, yeah, uh, I'll say LaBeouf is not safe to be around right now, and uh, and yeah, so uh, the article that I'm referencing right now is mm-hmm. written by. Uh, Ali Russian uh, for people. Thank mm-hmm. you, Ali. Um, LaBeouf, LaBeouf agrees, actually, which is slightly refreshing. He says, I have no excuses for my alcoholism or aggression, only rationalizations. I've been abusive to myself and everyone around me for years. There is nothing else I can really say. So uh, get help because I guess, I guess acknowledging it is the first step, dude. But like it. Yeah. <sighs> so. Yeah. Is it. Lots of unpacking. You have to get some serious help, and you know, serious. And help. when you're in that position, um, the thing is, you have to profusely apologize and be okay with people not accepting your apology, and you still got to mm-hmm. do the work. And still, I was about to say, and still willing to do the work. Yeah. Yep. And don't make a spectacle about it. Um, <laughs> just that's just how you. That's how you end that situation. You don't even need to publicize none of that. I think he's on the right track, but he is an abuser, and it's. It's a lot to unpack again. Um, maybe one of these days we can get into that. That will be a heavier uh, episode. Um, maybe even we can. Just, I say this all heavier, the time. Like we just, I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know, I know. You're right. Uh, maybe like, I was just like, like we can like have a more serious podcast offshoot where we talk about these issues a little bit more in depth. Um, mm-hmm. We could workshop that soon. I'm not gonna make any promises because <laughs> we know how that goes. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot to unpack, um, and, uh, I think we should just move on, but I'm, I'm happy that Olivia Wilde is, is doing that, and, uh, more mm-hmm. directors, producers, uh, crew, actors need to come forward and, 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 and do this shit, because it's, it's life or death sometimes, really, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, with that being said, let's get into some good news. Uh, this that was also pretty good news. That was like that's a good, that's a good step in the right. That direction. was like the point five we had talked about point a one point five. That's you know? point five. And this is a solid one. Uh, Redwall to receive a Netflix adaptation from Patrick McHale, the creator of Over the Garden Wall, one of my favorite series. You should guys t- should definitely check it out. Um, that is from slashfilm um dot com. Um, if you guys check that out. Um, but yes, that is that's fucking great news. I. First of all, Over the Garden Wall is one of the best animated what miniseries out there. We Anne and I watch it. Um, I watch it around what every October, every fall. It's just watch every episode. It's so good, um, so well drawn, and so mature for a kids show. So this is exciting. Um, I don't know much about Red mature, Wall, but yeah. mature and very clever because they do a clever. very good job of setting up a bunch of uh, established tropes and expectations and subverting them in a. Less typical ways, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know too much about Red Wall. Um, Ian, do you have any information on Red Wall? I do not myself either, because I was a failure of a fantasy nerd as a child. Mm. I remember trying to start the Red Wall book, uh, the first one, and uh, for whatever reason, I was distracted, or it didn't capture me in the way that other people were captured at the time. From what I understand, it is a fantastic book series that uh has stood the test of time uh and there have been quite a few attempts uh at making a movie that works um mm. to no avail from my understanding but mm. 
this is i mean this is exciting i i look it's forward sort to of it. like it's yeah. sort of like uh the uh the borrowers meets uh lord of the rings from what i understand Ooh, and there's a lot of fucking books holy shit yes it was it was and is a long-running series it's still going i don't know if it's still going let's see the, I just one okay. One, let me count up these fucking books. Okay, one, two, three. Four, okay, so we got twenty-two books in this series. Looks like we got Sounds a point right. five, so that might be like a middle book. So I would probably say maybe twenty-one and a half. Jesus, fuck. I don't know. Twenty, twenty-two and a half actually. <sighs> yeah, they're basically giant fantasy epics with adorable small ma- mammalian protagonists. Uh, sometimes they're squirrels. Sometimes they're mice. Um. Okay, real quick, is this like, is this, is it um, serialized or is this just kind of like anthologized? That's a good question. I think, I think it's a little bit of both. Okay, okay. Uh, Most books adjacent to each other in chronological order take place within a generation or so of each other, as evidenced by mentions of past characters in the later books. Uh, Redwall, um, okay, 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 okay. the same cast. Okay, so Redwall, uh, Metimio? Matimio, I believe. Uh, Morel, Morelli of Redwall and the Bellmaker are have all the same same characters. So it's like four have the same characters, and then they go from generation to generation. I believe. Gotcha. So that's like one, two, three. No, three, three books. So that is a trilogy book. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's interesting. That's fascinating. That's a lot of fucking goddamn work. Um, you better you better put your foot in that. God dang. Mm. Um. All right. Yeah. The kids kids are gonna get their uh, Lord of the Rings series. <laughs> pretty much yeah my they've been god oh god and I, I feel confident in saying that like this has been a series people have been trying to adapt for a while mm-hmm. and it's just always like stopped in production at some point just because it wasn't wasn't doable um so this is exciting especially from uh patrick McHale. he has like over the garden wall if people are not familiar with it has a wonderfully uh would you say like rustic sort of appalachian aesthetic almost like fantasy appalachia yeah yeah absolutely that's that's like that's right in the wheelhouse right there and so i just think that will blend very nicely with however they decide to do the style of red wall yeah um I feel like I'm probably gonna love this, so I can't wait. Um, well, with with that being said, I, I think unless you have any further things to say, Ian, I think that will wrap up our, our Flix news. No, that was a that was a substantial hearty one. So I hope that, uh, dear listener, you got your feel. Hmm. Yeah, I, I hope you do too. Um, if you found any news, because you know we do this biweekly now, um, that we missed, please let us know. Um, and we will try to maybe put that in the next uh following week when we do this docket uh just for you dear listener so let us know at too many flicks um on any social media platform that's at too many flicks number two and an x at the end and we'll try to get back to you lickety split god damn that's hot as hell okay oh my god my hands Ah! hurt third degree burns i need aloe Oh my god. Oh my skin is peeling from the bone. Wait, wait, wait. hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Yeah. Ben. Ben. Yeah. I know. I know you're in a lot of pain right now. I, I know you're suffering it. deeply. I know. I have the gauze. I I'm waiting. No, no, no. No, no, no. No gauze. I want to talk about Redwall. I'm in pain.
All right, I'll, I'm putting the gauze down okay. as, as flesh drips off of Ben's bones. <laughs> gauze okay, is for uh, winners. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, All right, Redwall. Red, so you know Redwall, then? I do know Redwall. I know a lot about Redwall. I also know a lot about uh, Over the Garden Wall. And um, I didn't know this until I was sitting there editing the, uh, the, the clip from the previous one. And I got super excited, so I just wanted to talk about it. Um, for those of you who don't know, right, Redwall is an ongoing series. You were kind of right, Ian. It's like a little bit semi-serialized, a little bit like, uh, so it's like there's a main story that goes on for a bunch of them that involves this abbey, Redwall, uh, which is made out of red sandstone. Huh. And uh, and then there are sort of offshoot stories, but it's all in the same world and it's all part of the same history. Um, these stories are great kids books. Also, his description of food and feast is like genuinely some of the best like food writing. Just like read a section. So there is cheese. Oh, there's not just cheese. There's like cheese and pies and like. They, he makes feasts sound like feasts you would want to eat. Like, it's so, his, his, Brian Jakes, uh, the author of the Redwall series, is really, really good at his craft. The thing is, the stories are all sort of, um, you know, I grew up reading these and I used to like devour these books. Um, they all sort of have the hero's journey. Like the, the like hero cycle, it's like to a T. So as sure. a kid, you don't notice it as an adult. Um, and I remember like learning how to predict the events of a Redwall series or like a Redwall book where I was like, and then, yep, the, the beloved tertiary character is going, yep. Okay. And there we go. Um, sure. however, I think adapting it to a series is a great idea and there have been some adaptations there was a movie if i remember correctly that was animated that was like okay like not terrible but um patrick McHale is i mean over the garden wall is awesome and brilliant and i am super excited about that um and i didn't know that and i just wanted to like freak out a little bit now we can gauze ben Give him oh, the gauze. Oh, thank God. I was in so much Okay, pain. here we go. Gauze is a... Oh, I lost the gauze! Oh, oh no! Okay. Hey, um, My hubris! It's okay. Well... Truly, this is the folly of man. I'll just let it get infected and, and hopefully die uh, <laughs> quickly. <laughs> I don't and know if that's the quickly I don't think route. that's the quickly... Uh, death by infection as quickly is as really po- quick. As quickly as possible, I suppose, and under these circumstances. <laughs> Oh, All right. Uh, well, shit. I guess well, we don't do a hot well, take today. No. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the end of it. Uh, uh, oh God, no. I just, uh, you know what? I rolled my hit dice, and I'm good. I'm good now. I'm healthy. Oh, I'm good. Shit. Yes, it, I've I've got my oh, HP back yeah. up. The magic of my second yeah. wind. Yeah. Okay, we're good. My hands are great, and now I have a hot take. Are you guys ready for this hot some take? Dice. If you. All right, hit us. All right, with Jackie it. Chan is the best action star of all time, at least of our generation. Um, don't think there were too many other action stars before then because I don't know. <sighs> Television has been around for that long. So anyway, uh, and movies. So yeah, he's the best action star ever. Period. Um, okay. I guess I should go into detail. Break it down. Um, for us. He does his own stunts. I know a lot of people 
at least a lot more people do their own stunts than they there were during the Golden Age. He created the comedy um, martial arts genre of movies. Um, this man mm-hmm. um, okay. has reinvented the way you even shoot um, hand-to-hand combat sequences. Um, he's shot in over hundreds of films um, in China, and like he's pretty much like he's like the president there. I mean, like except people actually like him. Um, but that's just how famous he is. He's Jackie. He pretty much owns everything. Um, and on top of that, like he has like crazy feats. Like, for instance, um, he has the world record for at least the unofficial world record for the most takes for a shot. Um, while f- how while many? filming Dragon Lord, it took him over 2,900 takes to get a shot for a scene. Um, Holy so, yes, shit. I mean, that's oh my God. great. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. Um, he's been blackmailed by the triads, um, which is mm. interesting. Um, yeah. And that's fun. He refuses to play villains. So I don't know if that makes him great. I just thought that was a pretty interesting story. Um, I really, I really mm-hmm. dig that. I actually think that does make him yeah, better. He just won't. He stuck to his gun. I dig that. Um, again, like he changed the industry, um, and he's been changing the industry before he even came to the states. Um, he changed the culture in China. I mean, you got Bruce Lee, of course. That goes without saying, but Bruce Lee's um, didn't have quite the longevity because of un. Um, Unfortunate circumstances, uh, his life being, um, you know, he's no longer with us. He was great. Um, without Bruce Lee, you would probably not get Jackie Chan. But Jackie Chan definitely carried that legacy. I think the only person who could probably top him would be, like, a, maybe a Jet Li. Um, hmm. Yeah, as far as I yeah. concerned, I mean, he just yeah. redefined the genre. So I, I, I think it's not even close. I I totally agree with you. Um, And I, uh, I, I do this... I feel like every time we record, um, there's an Every Frame a Painting mm-hmm. uh, episode on Jackie Chan. And they talk about some of the things where part of the... So the, the whole premise of that video is that his uh, the movies he's done in China are better than the ones that he's done in America. Mm-hmm. And they talk about why that is. One of the things is that the the structuring of the finances for Chinese movies allow him to do things like 2000 takes to nail something. Mm-hmm. Um there's one scene in which he's like flipping a pen and catching it in his hand and he did like a couple like he did like 100 takes of that to get it perfect. Mm. Like he is a perfectionist mm-hmm. and it makes for these really amazing visual stunts. The other thing and I I think this is really important um sort of two elements. One is that I feel like he understands like how to make combat feel visceral mm-hmm. while also keeping it funny. Right. Um, like so many action stars will get like thrown through a window or like, you know, just get like blasted by a cannon and then they land on the ground and they've got like a nice cosmetic scar and they're kind of dirty and then they like get back up. Mm. Whereas his characters actually feel real pain. Um and usually to comedic effect, but it it makes it more... You can empathize, and it's very humanizing, which I think helps you root for him, mm-hmm. right? Sure, sure. Because, um, like, Bruce Lee was a fucking martial arts god. Mm-hmm. He was out of this world. 
Jackie Chan's really, really good at martial arts. The difference is, when you watch a Bruce Lee movie, you feel like you're watching a god. Whereas Jackie Chan feels like you're watching a person who is, like, starting at the bottom and, like, always at a disadvantage. Like, he's, you know, he's, like, got, he's handcuffed to something or he doesn't have weapons or he's naked. There's a really funny scene where he's being chased through a marketplace and he has no clothes. And there's, like, a bit where he keeps ripping cloth down to cover himself and they, like, pull it away and he just keeps grabbing another one. Mm-hmm. Like, it's I mean, shit like that. It's so, like... That's well, it, it helps that he... Because I'm sure that he has no small hand in this. Like, you know, like, that all of his fights and characters are so well integrated. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, like, each fight feels distinct to the movie that he's in like i like rush hour and shanghai noon right like people could draw parallels between the two uh it's like mm-hmm. kind of like that buddy buddy uh you know like opposed at first and then like they end up working together and realize they're stronger together right, mm-hmm. right. neither right, right, right. It, each jackie chan fight from that film from both films, excuse me, rather, feels so distinct and different because, you know, like, they're not the same character. He's just really good at, at expressing character through his fights as well, which is, I think is what lends to that sort of everyman quality that y'all are talking mm, about him bringing yeah. to, his, to his work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also because he, more than a lot of other uh, fight choreographers really uses the environment. Ooh, true, like, true. He, you know, it's like if you're in a pool hall, he's going to be hitting people with pool sticks. He's going to be Using like the, jumping the balls over as well, like cracking exactly the ball or something. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like he's going to be doing all of this stuff to like make it feel super diegetic and like unplanned quote unquote even though he spends so much time like perfecting each movement so that it's like just pristine yeah dude ben i totally 100% agree with you on that i think like i think jackie chan's fucking dope and i feel like his work is sort of underappreciated because he's a comedian mm-hmm. right exactly. that's an excellent point yeah yeah, yeah. i agree yeah absolutely like, yeah dude he's fucking he's fucking he's dope he's dope as hell yeah he's a dope. he's a machine and apparently he's really nice to work with that's which awesome. is like also a that plus definitely helps. you know mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I mean, that, that beats out most action heroes dude, in yeah, Hollywood, Jesus. I feel like. Oh, 1,000%. All right. Well, that is, ends my hot take. Um, what do we got next for next week, y'all? Who's got it? I have a hot take. All right. Hit us with it, baby. All right. I don't believe that there should be a film about Donald J. Trump for the foreseeable future. All right, all right. I get behind that. I hate that dude anyway. I mean, yeah. I, I look forward to getting into this. I, I, uh, I don't disagree with you, but... <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe we can bring in like John Strawman, who has a bunch of dumb thoughts, so we can argue that point. But we'll see. Right. Anyway, that's a, coming up next time in a couple weeks. All right. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom. Do you want to know something that we don't know? Sure. Here comes some trivia. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ian. Now, did you know? Now, did I the, know? Yeah. Did you know okay. that the two least profitable films of all time are both set on Mars? I did not know that, Ian. Oh, my God. That is crazy. Mars Needs Moms. Okay. Of 2011. Okay. Lost $143 million. And John Carter, just okay. a year later, lost $127 million. Mars is not marketable. Got it. <laughs> Mars is not marketable. No. Also, if you just need a little bit of like a horror mm-hmm. show for your life, go ahead and just Google Mars Needs Moms. Please. Yeah, oh my God. That movie looks oh. Oh, God, yeah, this is creepy. Uh, Yeah, by the way, this is how this new segment is going to go. It's called, now, did you know? Just giving you a little taste of the segment. It's just like trivia, but, like, we give it straight to you on a platter. Right there. Just laid out. There's some crudite. Get yourself some knowledge in the noggin. We'll still get some trivia. But right now, Ian, did you know, rather than rely on CGI, Tim Burton wanted the 40 squirrels in the nut room to be real. That is for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, of course. The animals were trained every day for 10 weeks before filming commenced. They began their coaching while newborns fed by bottles to form relationships with human trainers. The squirrels were each taught how to sit upon a little blue bar stool, tap, and then open a walnut and deposit its meat onto a... Conveyor belt. I'm just realizing what I'm saying. Uh, ultimately, the scene was <laughs> supplemented. Read this before I I read like the first sentence, and I was like, "This is wild!" And I was like, "Can't get any wilder than this." It 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 can. Um, buckle up. Ultimately, the scene was supplemented by CGI and animatronics, but for the close-ups and the main action, they're the real thing. Burton said. shit why oh my god rich people are weird all right so if i understand this correctly someone was able to walk into a producer's room (laughs) and say we're doing charlie in the chocolate factory Uh uh-huh great all right how do they get the nugget i have a perfect way for them to get the nugget Uh they they get it by squirrels, right? Mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. squirrels crack the things for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So we need to get the CGI department? No. <laughs> Hold on to your horses. <laughs> because what we need are 40 squirrels of indeterminate young age so that they can <laughs> fucking pair bond and soul fuse with their human trainers so that they can go against their basic animal instinct to crack open a nut and not fucking munch. You want to you do this for how long is the scene? This is clearly like a, a staple of the film, right? Like this is like a temple. It's three minutes. Three minutes. 
Three minutes. You put all that effort. Talk about man working smarter and not harder. God, come on, y'all. This is the <laughs> richest, whitest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> I, this is why now did you know it's a thing? Because you know what? The first couple sentences, like I said before, it's like this is gonna be fun. I had no idea, y'all. Uh, this is this is out. This is outrageous. This is what millions of dollars. <laughs> I mean, fuck, <laughs> dude. The things that you can do with indiscriminate amounts of wealth. I I know. You just throw, and then a studio looked at that nigga and was like, all right, yeah, whatever. <laughs> all right, yeah, okay. All right, Tim, you got it. <laughs> like, there was no one in the corner like, he got it? Are y'all niggas for real? Yeah, we gonna give them niggas money to train squirrel. Then- I just wanted an extra fucking lighting fucking yeah. instrument yeah and this motherfucker got got a fucking squirrel school he got a squirrel school y'all do y'all hear us us right now ben you're fired i well I, yeah don't worry i quit <laughs> you don't worry it's <laughs> jesus fucking great all right ian you got a did you know for me ben yeah i mean that's just <laughs> mine's mine's capitalistically fucked up in a different direction. Are you ready for this, Ben? Yeah, I'm ready. Ben, did you know that while filming The Wizard of Oz, the dog portraying Toto earned more than double than what the actors portraying the Munchkins were making? Dude, no. Wow. Toto earned as much as $125 a week, while the actors who portrayed the Munchkins on set received $50 a week. That's... <laughs> Bro. Can you imagine the conversation? You're standing by Crafty. Uh-huh. You've been fucking made up in all this ridiculous ass shit. You're oh sharing God. coffee and someone's like, cute dog. Like, yeah. What do you think they make? And you just hear casually like... 125 bucks. And <laughs> you're sitting there struggling to pay rent. As a fucking full ass. This is like, I just could see it like a quick pan out. You just see 125 That's like, bucks. <laughs> right. That's like, I guess, I guess to put this in the perspective of like a, 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 a non showbiz person, that's like going into the office and learning that your water cooler makes like three, <laughs> six figures. Like, <laughs> It's Not like, the water cooler. Excuse me? Yeah. Hey, look. Aquamarine's been doing this for a while. <laughs> He's got pension. What? He's got 401k yeah. options in the fucking market. Like right. He's he's doing it big. He might make partner next year. What? <laughs> oh, these are fantastic. All right. Are you ready for yours? <laughs> Did you know? What I am terrified to learn what else I don't know, Ben. Okay. Truly ignorance is bliss this, this <laughs> session. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so this dude, first and foremost, is a shitty person, and we're glad he's in jail. Let me get that mm-hmm. out of the way. But now, Ian, did you know when Harvey Weinstein wanted to edit Princess Mononoke to make it more marketable, the director, Miyazaki, sent him a katana with a simple message, no cuts. Mm. <laughs> Oh, uh, oh you did hey-o. it again. Hey, um, uh, Miyazaki, definitely. I don't know for this for sure. Definitely was probably in the Yakuza. I'm just going to say, I, I'm sorry. That's some Yakuza shit. That's some Yakuza it, that, shit. That 100% is. And if you don't think that, like, 
if he he wasn't just like sitting in a cafe someday like scrawling notes and like little drawings on a napkin and like a bunch of dudes in fucking sharp ass suits walk up and like he like looks up at them and they look down and they were like fucking spirit away dude he's like yeah 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 you ever need someone to disappear we'll spirit them away uh, well yes yes Hey, you just see you come up to someone's house. It's I like, got this American producer fucking thorn in my side. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking, I need you to, I need you to clap this thing up, please. Oh my god, that's some gangsta shit. Oh my god, no that cuts. That is so good. No cuts. All right. Uh, well, this is our inaugural. Uh, now, did you know segment? I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you have any fucking fun tidbits or anything like that, let us know because we don't know and we would like to know. All right. Indeed. Whew. Ah, Jesus. 81 in the books, baby. Bank it. Charge me up, fam. Check, please. Ching. Check, please. You feel me? You feel me? Yeah, uh, what? Cash it in. Take Mm -hmm. it to the bank. Mm -hmm. Put it in the savings. Invest in GameStop 2. Yes. And Blockbuster, because that, you know, I'm, I'm bringing that back. Remember... If you've been a listener since day one, you know we've talked about buying Blockbuster. I would like to tell our listeners that we have made absolutely no progress on that. (laughs) (laughs) It is a stern, burning desire in our hearts (laughs) that we have made very little effort to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we should be getting that done at least by 2040. At least by twenty. <laughs> at least, blockbusters. There, there will still be at least one blockbuster. Uh, hold on, <laughs> nearest blockbuster to me. Damn, there are none <laughs> in Chicago. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. I expected this. Yeah, <laughs> I need the nearest one. Uh, the world's last remaining blockbuster. We can still do it, Ben. This was May of twenty twenty. Oh God. Oh great. Great, 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 There's great, great, one great. left. Oh God! All right, so our dream—it's dream in. All right, so we got to move to Oregon to complete our dream. All right, we got to go to Bend, Oregon. Don't worry, we will have a documentary on this. Don't worry, we will definitely record our escapades and we'll get it done. And all we'll, right, so this was yeah, uh huh. Bend, and, and we'll Oregon. revive it. But we're gonna revive Blockbuster. They literally have a website. <laughs> Bendblockbuster.com. Uh, let me find the email real quick. Hold on. I can do this. Contact name. Too many flicks with a number two at the beginning and an X at the end. Phone number. Too many. Email. Too many flicks.chicago at gmail.com. Message. Hey, how much to buy this place? Like, legit. It's a powerful passion of ours. How does $23 sound? <laughs> I think that's a fair bargain. I think you. I think uh, I like what you're doing. You're going high. I'm going high. So they can be like, "That's ridiculous." You're like trying to like warm warm them up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And submit. (laughs) Thanks for contacting us. We will get in touch with you shortly. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) I really have my email address. I didn't. Okay. (laughs) I didn't expect it to actually work. I expected to send it and have it say like, "The server does not." return your request or something but nope they're like oh we'll get back to you oh my god uh well (laughs) the the wheels are uh, in motion 
<laughs> the wheels are in motion. My cart is empty. I can add something to my cart right now if I want to rent something from Bend, Oregon. <laughs> we put up $23. Dear listener, if you want us to help if you want to help us accomplish our goals, please feel free to like to make, I don't know, uh GoFundMe. Um <laughs> We, we do not... have a Patreon also. Yeah. We also have a Patreon. You go to that. Uh, you, you'll know in the housekeeping. Uh, we want to make this a thing. We <laughs> we had too many flicks. Want to purchase this blockbuster and I'm dead ass serious. Dead ass. <laughs> like John Oliver. We're taking inspiration from John Oliver uh, last week tonight. Uh, if you know anyone, dear listener, that can make that shit happen, please let us know. We're, we 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 got the, we got twenty three dollars on it. We got twenty three dollars on it, and that's all I can sing because we cannot afford the rights to that song. Uh, <laughs> with that being said, <laughs> Ian, why don't you tell the people who you are, how to get in contact with you, and what's the first thing you're gonna do when we finally own Blockbuster? Bring back the VHS. <laughs> boom boom boom. Oh, I have to do the other stuff, don't I? Yeah, um, I mean, I know we get excited, Ian, but. <laughs> Ian Muntiner, hi. Uh, on Facebook, yes. Uh, Instagram, Sock Ninja eight eight eight. The bird. You can find me chatting with the birds if you care to. Uh, sir, yikes! A lot at Baby Got Knack. Um, yeah. Uh, bring back the VHS and GameCube. That's it. I think there's a market there. I like it. This is why we're gonna do so well with this company. Netflix, watch out! Ne- watch it's, out! It's in safe hands. Right. Watch out, Nettie. Watch out, uh, Ben. Yes, sir. Who are you? How can the people hire you? And and tell me, mm-hmm. t- tell me what 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 would you do away with once we are the kings of blockbuster? <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, hi, my name is Ben Jenkins. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. At uh, ba 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 three B's Benny and the Jets. Um, you could find me on Instagram at o underscore true underscore apothecary underscore six six six. You know, it's a long uh, handle, but I like it. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Timothy Jenkins. You could also find me on my website at benjamintimothyjenkins.com If you're trying to hire a brother, what will I do away with when when we own Blockbuster mm-hmm. and we get into this game of of capitalism, right? Well. Whatever the n- neighboring stores are around us, they got to go because we're expanding, baby. Get them yeah, out. We're expanding. Everyone's yes, going to keep their jobs there, though, because um, we're not that ruthless. But we got to be ruthless. So maybe, like, gotta, I'll, fire half the, I'll fire half of the staff. I'll fire all the white people. <laughs> there it, we go. It's Oregon. That's probably, like, <laughs> 90%. <laughs> I was about to say, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We gotta be vul- We gotta be vultures. We gotta be dogs. We coming for you, Netflix. That's gonna be. We're gonna deal away with Netflix. That's the long term goal. Long term, baby. Long term, baby. You're gonna see a streaming site, and we're gonna deliver you. I promise you right now. You with the subscription, at least by 2044. It's gonna be 4.99 a month, and your choice of buffalo wings. You heard it here. If they, we will also deliver you buffalo wings. To every household who gets a subscription. Now, no share when you share subscriptions, you won't get the buffalo wings, but you'll still be able to share. We'll turn a blind mm. eye to that. We don't care. That don't bother us at all. Yeah. All right. But if you want some buffalo wings, my nigga, some buffalo wings, 
Don't mm. worry, I'm vegan. We will have some vegan buffalo wings. Don't worry, but they're gonna taste good. You gotta, you gotta sign a subscription, baby. Yeah, all right. You know, that's a six month free trial with buffalo wings. <laughs> that's a done. Di- that's nearly fifty buffalo wings worth of monies. <laughs> yeah. So please fuck this podcast. Help us build and buy Blockbuster. I. Come on. Come on. We'll rename it. Too many flicks. Buster. No, so I So that like, you don't have to. So that's the end. <laughs> <laughs>